Hey guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. This is another episode of Make Money Count, doing the thing we love and do best. How's your coffee? <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about it uh, because normally you get mad. Well, producer Matt also likes the Connect cups being used. The problem is, is that this coffee is so nice and tasty. I guess I could do this. There you go. Does that make you happy, Matt, or is that worse? That's a, lot, a little better. Is that acceptable? Um, this coffee is so tasty and warm that I didn't want it to go to waste. And if I put it in this cold cup, then it would right. it wouldn't taste as good. Yeah, yeah. So should we do a shout out? Where's it from? Ferno Cultura. Oof. Yeah. Also, very good sandwiches if you're ever in the area. Right near our studio on Queen Street West. Yeah. Yeah. In the vibrant Queen Street West. West Queen West. West District. Queen West. Yeah. yeah West, West Queen, Queen West. West of Toronto, Ontario. Coming to you live, Marcus and Justin. Justin and Marcus. Managed by producer Matt, who was a little worried about doing the show today because he thought he had COVID. And then I had to explain to him that COVID doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we had enough COVID. We gave our economy COVID. Our economy definitely had COVID, but now it's recovering. It's no, start it's well. The leading indicators might indicate that we're starting to come out of it, but that just means like we still have a little bit more to go down. Right. Just I mean, some of the leading indicators would show that we may be coming out of this. I mean, it's not certain yet, and it's not certain kind of like the depths that we will reach on real estate prices simply because of the impact of high interest rates. Right. But as we talk about on this show a lot, a big part of this isn't just how much of a bite higher interest rates are taking out of people's wallets. A big part of it is the psychology of how much longer higher interest rates are going to be around for. Right. Right. So if you think about when you're speaking to your to borrowers that are calling or investors that are calling, the the number one kind of concern is oh my God, interest rates are so high right now. And the number two concern is how much longer are they going to be this high for? Right. Leading indicators help us to judge the kind of... Following indicators? Yeah. The, no, the following indicators are like... <laughs> it's really not a following indicator, right? Right. An indicator is something that I mean, tells, if there's something leading, something's got to follow. A la lagging a, indicator. I it's suppose, like an yeah. indicator light on your car, though, uh, Justin. Like, you don't have a, an indicator, like, after you merge the lane. You right. indicate before you merge the lane, right? right? Or like a check engine light. Right. That doesn't come on. There's not a light that comes on after you're sitting on the side of the road <laughs> and your engine is blown up. Right. There's only like a check your engine or your oil is low right. or you're running out of gas. Right, right. Right. I feel like you've run out of gas a bunch of times. OK, so I did once and it was at. Uh, it was at if you're listening from Toronto, I was going eastbound on Lakeshore just past this level, just past Princess Gates. Though there was a gas station close by. That's yeah, where I'm okay, getting it. OK. Yeah. So I was near a gas station. Luckily, it could have been bad. Could have been like like slasher movie stuff you know what i mean the explanation of that could have been bad thanks for cutting <laughs> them off. thanks for cutting them off there Mark. the explanation for what we heard was already bad <laughs> so you're just talking about the economy uh it's interesting i was in uh bc this yesterday the, yesterday i was in bc yeah so it's a little early for me um didn't you just come in this morning uh no last night you were there for three days no i know but i stayed up until 2 a.m. BC time the night I got there. So I like just destroyed my internal clock. Anyways, gas there, everything is very expensive. I was, I was just, I was glued to realtor.ca while I was walking around 
the the city. You, you were oh, because you were looking at housing yeah. prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I couldn't find a two bedroom for less than a million dollars. Where where whereabouts in, in BC? In Vancouver, right in okay. yeah, yeah, in Vancouver. It's, okay, just I'm like want to figure this out. Gas prices were ridiculous, and you were glued to Realtor.ca. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Just in general, oh, things are expensive. You're throwing a lot of info out. <laughs> Gas was two fifty a liter. Do you have any good food while you're out there? I did get some octopus, and we took a, a barbecue down to the down to the the lake, and I was grilling octopus uh, like while the sun was going down. Wow, it was really nice, actually. Oh my yeah, goodness, yeah, it was really good. Are you sure you're not Greek? No, no, I'm not. That's uh, awesome. No. You can tell by the way I say Greek last names. Yes. Yeah. Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, I'm just saying. Ontario, it was... I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive. Listen, before we get going, there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up uh-huh. on the yields. Okay. So I read this really great article in Barron's. Barron's is um, like it's a weekly... It, like when I was... I mean... Before I became a mortgage broker, I was in investment banking. Mm-hmm. I had a cup of coffee in investment banking. Like it didn't last long, but it was kind of right out of university. Did you get fired or did you quit? I quit. Shout out Scotia Capital. I was uh, in investment banking. I was an auto parts analyst and I wanted to be, you know, like a finance guy. Mm-hmm. So I got Barron's. I subscribed to Barron's. I had a subscription. It would come to my house on the weekend. I would read through it to try to get these like morsels of wisdom from experts on what was happening in the economy and it's it's a fabulous publication they got an online presence the little app i have on my phone i read this article that was talking about the two kind of very important charts that can show as leading indicators for the u.s stock market and the kind of u.s economy overall Mm -hmm. because they address two of the really important factors that are impacting the economy right now, one of which is inflation, and the other one is flight to safety. So Matt, if you want to pull it up, I sent it to you before the show. So this is the 10-year U.S. Treasury. The 10-year tells us, we spoke a little bit about what an inverted bond yield curve is in past episodes. An inverted bond yield curve is just when longer-term bond yields are lower than shorter-term bond yields. Right. So the amount of return you receive for placing your money somewhere for a longer period of time is less than the amount of return you receive for placing your money somewhere in a shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. That is a, an illustration of what the market expects will happen in the economy. So it's saying that although we will give you a higher yield for a shorter period of time, we will give you less of a yield for a longer period of time because we anticipate that interest rates will fall after the short period of time passes. So after short term, you know, after in the next two years, we're going to see increased interest rates and then we're going to see lower interest rates. Right. So 10 year yield curve, it has had a quite a meteoric rise. Kind of Matt's actually good job, Matt. You've isolated kind of August of um, end of August, beginning of September of 2021. And since that point where it was at 1.3%, it's shot up to right now where it's today trading at 3.6%. We reached a peak of 4% on that 10-year yield. What you have to think about is every time the Federal Reserve comes out and says, we got to increase interest rates, inflation's a really big problem, we need higher interest rates to combat inflation, the bond market reacts. Mm-hmm. So bond prices fall and bond yields increase, right? A yield is basically how much money you're going to get for holding something. So if you buy a bond at 
below the, 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 the price of the bond. So say the bond's 100 bucks. If you buy a bond below $100, that difference between the, the price of the bond mm-hmm. as it's set out and the price that you paid for it, that difference goes into the yield, increases your yield. Right. So yields move constantly, like by the second. The fact that the 10-year yield hit four and is now coming back down says that the market as of now is anticipating that rates aren't going to go much higher than what was previously anticipated in this bond market. Right. right. Although everyone kind of agrees that we're going to continue to see Fed tightening, Bank of Canada tightening increased interest rates, the market is no longer as uneasy about those interest rates surprising the market. And as such, the yields on the 10-year are coming off a little bit. More importantly, the two-year yield. So the two-year yield, there you go. The two-year yield is higher than the 10-year yield. Yeah. What does that mean? Anticipated rates coming back down. Right. But the two-year yield at 4%. This is what they call an inverted yield curve. That's right, Matt. Man, producer Matt. So if you look, September of 2021, that two-year yield curve was like at 20 basis points, and now it's at 4%. That meteoric rise in yields is the market coming to grips with the Fed fighting inflation. Right. Right? That is the market kind of saying like, wow, you know, we need more... um, we need more yield in order to park our money here because inflation is so, is so hot right now. And the anticipation that interest rates are going to keep rising is so scary. But in the last week or so, the two-year yield has come off. It's another good sign. That's a leading indicator that, I mean, we have a ways to go still. But from yeah. the peak 4.35, we're off 20 basis points. That is a significant drop. And hopefully, if inflation readings come in a little lower... And if the Federal Reserve sees that inflation readings are coming in lower and we don't have to, you know, we don't, the market doesn't get scared about big interest rate moves kind of continuing, that this is good. Um, I'm trying to relate all this back to like if you have a mortgage right now in Canada. Right, right. right. Uh, this, is, this is good. And then the final piece is the U.S. dollar index. So the Barron's piece basically said the two fundamentals that are kind of that can be seen as leading indicators for the market right now are the two-year yield and the u.s dollar index u.s dollar index is how strong the u.s dollar is right and the u.s dollar very similar chart if you look at it to the two-year yield curve right this is getting kind of technical but think of it as the u.s dollar is the flight to safety right if things are looking very strange in the economy in the world People want to put their money in U.S. dollars to avoid risk. Right. And the strengthening of the U.S. dollar actually hurts U.S. multinational companies, hurts anybody that has to produce something in the United States and then sell it somewhere else because the price of that good increases because of the strength of the dollar. Right. Yeah. So the Barron's article was pretty good. It was just discussing that these two kind of very important leading indicators for the market appear to have peaked. That's yet to be seen. I mean, Federal Reserve could come out, and from what we've been seeing lately, Federal Reserve comes out again and says, like, next interest rate hike is 75 basis points, and we need to see further tightening, and we may revise the federal funds rate higher from where they've got it set right now. Then you see these things explode again. You'll see the market tank again. Right. Right, right, right. And again, the market, generally speaking, is both a leading indicator for what's going to happen in the general economy 
it's also a bit of a psychological barometer for people, right? Like we're so inundated with information about the stock market right now that, that when people see the stock market is down 4%, 3% in a day, it freezes them up, right? Like right. It's like, okay, interest rates are going I don't know where. Mm-hmm. Asset prices in the general economy are dropping. And I'm sitting on real estate. What am I going to do? People spend less. Like, it's a psychological barometer. Of course. I'm going to tell you before I finish, and then you can go into the questions that we're going to have. I listened to this great podcast. Is it called Make Money Count? No, no. It, this, so, <laughs> no, I mean, it's ranked a little higher than Make Ready Count. <laughs> uh, it was a Joe Rogan podcast with a guy named Mark Andreessen. Right. Who is a, like, venture capitalist, private equity guy. And he had this great, among a very intelligent guy, like early investor in every like Facebook, you know, Google, like, you know, <clears throat> but he had this really good quote, which he referenced from somebody else. And he said, the way you got to think about the stock market is it's like a manic person that shows up every morning to trade, mm-hmm. to buy and sell things from you. Mm-hmm. But he's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he comes in in the morning and depending on like what he ate the night before or like what he's looked at or um, how he's feeling or if he got to an argument with his wife, he shows up and he's either in a good mood or a bad mood. <clears throat> and he's willing to buy and sell these stocks, these pieces of these companies from you for whatever he decides. So <laughs> depending on his mood in that day, he's going to have a high price or a low price. And there's no use in trying to figure out where he is going to have his mindset. More successful investors will always understand what they're willing to pay for something, what they think something is worth, and then ha- once they have that set in their mind, they will buy and sell accordingly. Mm-hmm. But the, it's a fool's errand to try to anticipate what you know market guy is up to during the day. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like that. I like that quote a lot because it's like it kind of goes along with the fear greed index that we think about when we think about the markets, right? Mm-hmm. The market gets overscared, sells off. The market gets overly bullish and greedy and it, you know, just starts ratcheting up gains. Mm-hmm. And in order to be successful in the market, you need to kind of have your own opinions on what the things that you want in that market are worth. Right. Which, uh, I mean, very, very complicated, which is why I invest in uh, Connect Mech. <laughs> <laughs> same. Very much But same. I just, I thought, I, th- I thought that was a really good uh, kind of way to think about the market, right? No, I like that. And um, obviously, there are fundamentals at play, and the fundamentals are these things that we're talking about, right? Right now, the biggest thing weighing on markets is inflation expectations. Right. So the more we can do to highlight the leading indicators of inflation for the people that listen to this podcast or watch this podcast, the better of a job we're doing, I think, in a, in a period of time where there's so much uncertainty. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. yeah. We need to cut through the BS. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. And right the other right. thing is, is like critical to this entire conversation is to be unbiased. Right. Right. Like Matt put up a clip uh, that was edited from a, podcast that we did over a year ago where i said now's not the time to buy a house right and we got a lot of flack for that 
when that went out, that podcast went out over a year ago because the market was roaring. Mm -hmm. And we came out and said, like, don't buy a place because inflation's coming into the market and interest rates are going to rise. And that is going to affect asset prices. Right. So the key, critical piece to this is to maintain an unbiased perspective on things. Like, we cannot be biased by the fact that, you know, we deal with a lot of real estate agents or mm -hmm. our clients, you know, at certain times, people would love to tune into a show that reinforces their belief on something. Right. Our job is to do the best we can at identifying leading indicators, looking at the market as a whole, and offer our advice on it. We're like the Switzerland of the market. Yeah. 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 I like that. Switzerland. We're going to take a quick break. But not, not the Credit Suisse of the market. I was no. about to say the oh, same yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Matt, Marcus is going to tell us where he got his cool guy jacket. Be sure to visit MakeMoneyCount.com to find all of our old episodes. Canada's economy is changing. Mortgage rates are rising. Property values are falling. The equity in your home feels out of reach. Connect.ca helps homeowners borrow for less. Your home loan approved online in seconds. The money you need, funded in 24 hours. I'm Marcus from Connect. Let's make money count. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can Hello? you hear me? <laughs> Marcus does this to me all the time. Where he'll call me and he'll pretend like I can't hear him because truthfully, it is literally the most frustrating thing ever. When someone's going, hello, you hear me? You hear me? Hello? Justin, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> hello? During the break, we were talking about how... I can um, hear you perfectly. I know you can hear me perfectly. We were talking about how Matt... What was that? Producer Matt. <laughs> producer Matt can't, uh, is, is going to be... Um, not a talking head this episode because of two things. One, uh, he didn't fix his green screen, so he's still missing half of his body, basically. <laughs> and two, he looks like he just got out of Snoop Dogg's tour bus. And I'll let that be. <laughs> I, I look okay. I've just been sick this week. Oh, okay. You can hear it in my, in my voice. I'm also a little doped up on meds. Well, that's meds. good. <laughs> meds. I guess that is considered meds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm doing Sober October. Are you? Interesting. Yeah, not drinking. I bet I'll beat you. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too. The ramifications of your sobriety are far greater than mine. Oh, man. I've been doing Sober October for a long time now. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, man. Like five Octobers now? Uh, this will be my sixth October. No, no. Yeah, my fifth October, mm -hmm. I think something like that. Um, how's it going? You're not having any wine, like you're not like saying like oh, I'm doing sober October, but like you know I just won't get drunk. I'll just have a glass of wine. No, no, nothing. Uh, you know that's not true. So um, <laughs> if if my mom and dad come over for dinner, and my um, my mom and dad are gonna have a glass of wine, I'll open a nice bottle of wine. And uh, I'll pour like a little ounce or something in my glass just to like cheers them. And, uh, right. But that's it. That's like the only 
exception that like so let's say it's you know so marcus's parents have moved in for october <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but like if my mom is having a glass of wine it's so rare that she wants to have a glass of wine and this weekend we had dinner together and she was like ah oh, the glass of wine so i opened a nice bottle of wine and poured her a glass and i didn't want to like her to be like well you're not gonna have a glass i had a glass a glass i had a very small amount right and and what did you have for dinner uh, fish, um, like fit, like a nice, um, nice sea bass. Interesting. Is there a Greek word for it? Is it Papa the Papa? No, it wasn't like a Greek fish. It was like, I would say more Asian, right? It was like a little bit of, um, garlic and, um, uh, miso and, uh, it was really tasty. Interesting. Interesting. My mom loved it. Yeah. I'm sure I would have loved it too. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't invited. Have a look at your pal. <laughs> we're doing. Uh, we're actually doing Biggest Loser in the office with me and yeah. me and another guy. So we'll see. We'll announce the winner soon. Yeah. Next up, we're going to do tallest midget. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the questions. Now we had um, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed <laughs> man is king. So we actually had a YouTube question come in, mm. um, and in the comments, uh, somebody had asked. Uh, is there such a thing as a one-year mortgage? I didn't want to reply to them, uh, so I just thought we'd jump into it on the show. Yeah, there's one years. There's up to 15-year mortgages in Canada. So, I mean, we get a lot of people from the States watching our show. So while you do whatever the hell you're doing over there, Justin, um, there is a one-year product all the way up to a 15-year product. But in Canada, mortgages are partially amortized which means that the liability or the responsibility to repay the mortgage is carved up into smaller time frames. Um, and more typically, Canadians will take a five-year product, whether it's a five-year variable or a five-year fixed. And then that product resets at the end of that five-year term, which is why a lot of people are talking about the impact of the refinances that will have to take place or the maturities that will occur in the middle of this period of time because people are going to come out of a five-year fixed rate where their interest rate was 2% or 2.5 on a five-year fixed and they could possibly be in a marketplace where the five, the prevailing five-year fixed rate is 5%. Um, now, the qualifying rate or the kind of stress test rate that we've had for all of these borrowers, which was, as far as I can remember, the lowest it's probably ever been has been like four and a half should be helpful for them to qualify, but it most certainly will limit people's options. So it's gonna affect how somebody can qualify for a mortgage with another provider. So think you're sitting out there right now, you've got a five-year fixed rate, it's coming up for maturity in 12 months, that five-year fixed rate that you have is two and a half, you're gonna enter the market. In the next coming months, it's gonna be higher than two and a half. If you don't qualify for that product, you're going to be essentially stuck with your existing lender. Right. And that is the time where you do want to reach out and speak to a mortgage broker. So even if you are two years out, a year out on a renewal that you know is impending, mm -hmm. if you're worried about those ratios, speak to somebody now and prepare for it so that you have some optionality when that renewal comes. Mm -hmm. Don't sit waiting anxiously about, where interest rates are, where they are going, and how you will qualify for that mortgage. 
because that is playing into the hands of your lender, right? Your lender wants you to not worry about things. Mm -hmm. Your lender wants you to sit back and just take orders from them as to here's the rate we're offering you. Of course. And, and they do not want you to have options. Our job, the job of a good broker, is to make sure that the consumer has options. Right. And in a situation like this where there is this level of uncertainty, the more time you can give yourself, the more options we're going to be able to give you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't know what the one-year rate is, though. Um, so I could just like bloviate about nonsense. But. You're, you're looking at like probably about 469, 479, somewhere yeah, okay. in that area. So, yeah. I mean, talking about what we were just talking about, the inverted yield there, right? Uh-huh. Like those shorter terms are going to be key. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would five-year fixed rates are just not an idea to take right now. Like, yeah, I don't think so. I, we've been saying that for a, a while. I agree. I, I, I champion that statement. Mm-hmm. But if you are really, really worried, like, right? I remember when I first started doing this. My mom and dad, like when I first started being a mortgage broker, my mom and dad had right after like, you quit Scotia. Yeah. My mom and dad had like a $50,000 mortgage. And I was like, we should change this to a variable. You know, hotshot guy, like just became a mortgage broker. And I sat down with my mom and I was like, this is what we should do. I actually wanted her to refinance and pull money out so we could put it in mortgages and I could make them some income. And my dad was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Let's do this. Like, you know, my dad's always been, you know, my biggest supporter. Uh, supporter. Um, and my mom was like trying to go along with it. And then she just said like, mm, I don't think I'll be able to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And that put a nice perspective on things for me when I'm, when I was dealing with clients, because it was like, okay, like there is a psychological aspect to this. hundred percent. That is very, very important. Yeah. Which another, another, sorry, another article I read recently, it, the, the article was talking about the psychological, like the depression that is happening because of the uncertainty in the markets. Right. For like the average consumer, the average borrower. And it is, this is real. Like this is a real problem. Like the amount of, un- like we just came out of this, you know, horrible period where people were worried about shaking hands with people and going into public spaces and where people were wearing masks and we're entering into a new period where people are genuinely concerned that they will or will not be able to hold on to their assets right and their debt load is increasing and where is it going like you know there's so much uncertainty the united nations came out yesterday and advised the central banks around the world to pause rate hikes. I, I'm not going to say that's unprecedented, but I think I might say that's unprecedented. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Have, have, has the United Nations ever weighed in on monetary policy before? It just seems so strange. Yeah. But I think that if you're concerned for the well-being of the consumer, and like this is also a bit of a trickle-down effect, right? Like, don't even just look at the Canadian or the American consumer, like developing nations are going to bear the brunt of this. So, you know, we're, we're worried about, you know, making payments on our mortgage. 
they're worried about having food to eat. Right. So the, you know, it, I'll tell you, I will be much happier when there is a level of certainty on where interest rates are going to peak and where we think inflation is under control. I believe that within the next six months, we're going to have clarity on this. Right. And people will, the consumer will emerge. Yeah. But I think that, um, and hopefully it's sooner, um, but I think we're still like in for a bit of a turbulent period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Got a question here. You ready? Uh, hey, Justin and Marcus, I've been trying to refinance the mortgage on my home so I could take so, uh, out some equity for my renovations. I currently have a mortgage of 400000 and my home is worth 900000 but I've been having a hard time getting the additional money from my bank. They're giving me a hard time because I've taken some time off last year. Is there anything you can suggest that I do? No rate, eh? No rate. Not enough information. Uh yeah, next time. Well, first off, give us a shout, right? This this person. But next time, just just put a, put the rate in. We'd be able to give you a little bit of a better, definite answer. You know what I mean? They have equity. The there's so it's kind of like you're battling two things right now when you're looking to get a mortgage. You're battling uncertainty in the market, right? So you know, in this case, this sounds like a candidate for a second mortgage or a home equity loan. Mm-hmm depending on qualification, depending on the interest rate. Mm-hmm. We ran through that a little bit on the last show. It's, I mean, we run through it on every show because it's so critical to the decision-making process for this. Like, you've got a mortgage. It's 400 grand. Depending on what the interest rate on that mortgage is will show whether or not you should break the mortgage, take a new mortgage to get money out, or you should borrow a second mortgage. In this case, time off work, probably can't qualify for the, for the first yeah, which is a lot. What a lot of people are going through right yeah, now. Yeah, which means if you really need that money right now, it's a second. Mm-hmm. Because of that strong equity position, get the second now. Because if we continue through the next six months of this level of uncertainty, the equity in your home isn't bulletproof, right? right? That top line value of nine hundred grand, we're seeing it more and more. Like I noticed in the Monday morning meeting this week, a lot of the conversation around our, the deals that we have in our, in our pipeline was centered around negotiating with appraisal companies yeah, to get values to where we think they're fair. Right. But understand that there's many stakeholders in this business, right? Mm. There's the realtor that sold you the place. There is the you know, mortgage broker that did your mortgage. There is the, you know, appraiser that's going to appraise it. There is the re- the lawyer that's going to close it, and each one of those stakeholders has their own dog in the race. Mm-hmm. And an appraiser in an uncertain environment like this, although their job is to look at comparable sales within a prescribed period of time, they're allowed to be nervous mm-hmm. because an appraiser gives a value on a property and they write their name to it. And if there's a problem down the road, that value is relied upon by a lender and that lender may no longer accept appraisals for that company. Mm -hmm. So uh, my advice to you as a borrower is if you really need that equity in order to qualify for the product 
second mortgage or first mortgage that you're looking to do, you need to weigh the uncertainty of the market, meaning there is probably a little premium on second mortgages right now because of the uncertainty in the market, mm -hmm. against the possibility of equity erosion in that the value might come off if you wait longer to get that valuation. I think we're reaching like a breaking point in that where appraisers are kind of coming back into the market now and saying like, you know what, this is the per square foot price of this. Haven't seen it trade this low since X date. I'm confident with this value and I'm willing to put it forward. Yeah. But we could still see a further drop in real estate prices. Out with the time adjustments. Excuse me? Time adjustments. Right. You know what I mean? No. Well, that's what's hurting us on appraisals right now. Like appraisers are going into houses and saying, well, you know, for the next time, amount of time that this appraisal is valid, we've seen uh, this percentage drop over the last couple months. So we're going to, you know, uh, carry that down the road for a few months. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's quite that, intelligent. That, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's what the real problem is. Yeah. Like, you know, appraisals are coming in, uh, in lower because, you know, they're saying, oh, well, you know, the media, the market is falling. Uh, or the media saying the market is falling, Treb numbers are down, you know, in three months, this is what we think it's going to be worth. So we're going to tell you it's worth that now. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's well said. So I think if you're looking for money right now, you got a way that you could get a lower value in the future and a lower value in the future will definitely mean a higher interest rate or less money on whatever product you're looking to take. And you have to weigh that against maybe paying a little more right now, depending on how much competition there is for your loan. Like again, you come to us for a second, we're gonna do our best to do it within our fund, which means you're gonna get a lower interest rate if we can do it through Connect, mm -hmm. our mortgage investment fund. But if we can't qualify you for our mortgage investment fund, we go out and we try to get pricing from several players. And right now, because of the uncertainty in the market, that could be a little higher than even where where we feel it should be. Right. Um, but, you know, and then that conversation, again, has to happen. Like, okay, you know, we think your pricing that you're getting on this is a little higher because of this kind of risk adjustment that's playing out in the market right now. But if we wait, we might, we might be subjected to getting less or the value may come in lower, in which case pricing could be higher anyways. Right. Next one. Hmm. All right, we got one more here. Okay, are you ready? Bro, I'm always ready. <laughs> My mortgage is coming up for renewal in the, few, in the next few months, which is both good and bad. I've heard interest rates are rising like crazy, so I'm a little scared about my monthly payment, uh, of what my monthly payment is going to look like. But on the other hand, I was hoping to access some more equity in my home and pull out money for investments. My question is, is it the right time to do this now that I'm out of contract, out of the contract with my bank and can look elsewhere for my money or will the interest rate I get be too high to make significant returns on my investments? Hmm. That's a good one. This is a good question. That's a good one. Um, yeah, it was a smart person. So if you, it depends on the time horizon of the investment that you're making. Mm -hmm. But if you have been, like, again, we spoke about the manic guy that shows up to trade stocks every day, depending yeah, on what this person is investing in. GameStop. Um, 
depending on what this person is investing in, this could make a lot of sense, but they should understand that their cost of capital for borrowing this from their, the equity in their home is going to be higher than it has been in the past. But the upside on buying into the market right now is significantly greater than what it has been. Right. So, you know, if you're confident in the, in, the, in the asset that you're investing in and you believe that you're getting at a significant discount, there are, there's things that are trading at 50%, 60% discounts right now. Mm-hmm. There's blue chip stuff that's trading at 20, 25% discounts right now. So if you were acquiring those things before using the equity in your home and you want to, you know, average cost down those assets by buying now, there is a very strong argument to be had to state that the depressed value that you're buying these equities at today will more than make up for the increased cost of your capital. Right. But the critical piece here is you need to be able to budget that monthly payment because you're going to be paying more depending on whether or not these investments that you're making are yielding something, right? Right. So like there's dividend uh, investments, yeah. yielding stocks right now that are spitting out 5, 6% as a dividend yield and also, you know, based on historicals, show that you're going to get some capital appreciation. That's a pretty good candidate. Like refi your place, put money into one of these equities, get the dividend to cover your payments and then enjoy the capital appreciation. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is are we confident that that two-year yield is done moving? Are we confident that that U.S. dollar index is done moving higher? No, right? So like that's the gamble you're making right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can own, like again, on a long enough time horizon, everyone's a genius, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You got a lot of time, buy. Mm-hmm. Depending on your time horizon should should affect that. And we are not investment advisors. We are mortgage brokers. So we can put you in touch with an investment advisor to help you analyze that time horizon. Mm -hmm. And then we can work together, which we do all the time. Then we can work together with you and your investment advisor to identify the product that most, most closely fits your objectives, your timelines. But this is a holistic approach, right? In order to be unbiased, I guess I should say this differently. Being unbiased is like the price of admission into being good at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's table stakes. What's really critical is information and listening. Mm -hmm. So understanding the questions you need to ask in order to provide the right unbiased information. Because you could be there sitting around giving everybody unbiased information all the time, but your information sucks. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know anything about the person you're advising. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Setu? I'm just thinking about table stakes. You, you're a gambler? No. He's steak. thinking stakes. Oh, you're thinking about a stake? Yeah. <laughs> That's how much he isn't a gambler. <laughs> I didn't know what... Uh, well, now I understand table stakes. You know what I mean? But I'm not a gambler. I do kill it at the roulette table, though. There's something about me and the roulette table that we just get along. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Spoken like an imbecile. Yeah. (laughs) The house never wins with me. 
Really? No. That's not true. Doesn't sound like it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, well, we're out of questions. Mm -hmm. I had a really good time today. Mm, Me too. Did you? Yeah, I always have a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Um, Now we're going to eat some of our sandwiches that we got from Forno Cultura. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to go give some more unbiased advice to our clients. Amazing. Thanks, man. 